Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. I want to thank you again for joining us on the program. I really trust that uh, you're tuning in and uh, and you're getting what we're saying. We just uh, came out of uh, uh, the last program we shot. We shot uh, without even taking a break. It's just the flow of uh, what we needed to say was so important that I hope you tuned in. And let me just say again, I encourage you, if you miss some of the programs, you can go back to YouTube and watch them again. They are archived there uh, so that you are able to watch that. We do appreciate, thank you for your positive notes and comments and things that you shared concerning listening to the program. Uh, we're deeply grateful for your support. It's what keeps us going. I have on the set with me again uh, John Noe, who is, a, uh, I believe, uh, recognized as one of the scholars in this field of eschatology. Uh, he is is uh, the president of Prophecy Reformation Institute. It is a conservative evangelical scholar and a member of the Evangelical Theological Society where John has presented 17 theological papers on eschatological uh, reformation issues. He holds an earned Ph.D. in theology from Trinity Theological Seminary and the University of Liverpool with distinctions. He's the author of several trade-published books, including uh, Unraveling the End. That's the one we're talking about the most. It is a balanced scholarly synthesis of four competing and conflicting end-time views. He has one called The Greater Jesus. He has one called The Perfect Ending to the World. He has one called Off Target. He has several titles available, and you can get them by going to Amazon.com uh, and ordering those books from Amazon.com. I think that's the only place they can get them from is Amazon.com. So I encourage you to get his books. You can teach this stuff. Uh, if you're pastors, get his books. Man, they make great, uh, you know, Wednesday night teaching series and Bible studies. I believe you'll be blessed by him. He's also a screenwriter, an award-winning entrepreneur, and a past 20-year member of the National Speakers Association. He's been featured on numerous television programs and radio, uh, including CNN's Larry King Live and CBS. 700 Club and the best of all uh, that you might have life with Dr. Lynn Howes now. <laughs> and uh, he has climbed mountains around the world and lives in Indianapolis, Indianapolis, Indiana with his wife Cindy who was a former, a former state representative. Uh, it is a great honor to have you on the program again John with that kind of credentials and uh, you know I think sometimes people look at us or different people that teach some of these things. You got a lot of guys uh, you know teaching stuff. I'm not knocking that. Uh, but they're, they're not, they don't have a real uh, educational background. In other words, you could preach anything you want to as long as nobody ever challenges it. But some <laughs> of the stuff you've written has been absolutely scrutinized, especially this synthesis theory, because in order to do a Ph.D. Doc, uh, you know, dissertation, it had to be yes. really scrutinized. So uh, it, it, it is at least a valid w uh, view of looking at some things, and we're just simply asking you to open your heart and think, what if this is possible? To me, it's incredibly good news. I, for the life of me, cannot understand why anybody would be hesitant to embrace mm -hmm. this. Because it, it, the fear that we have preached in the church has crippled the, ch the church. Uh, it has uh, made us not be the salt and light we're supposed to be. Right. It has uh, hamstrung uh, our purpose and destiny, right. but with an understanding that a lot of the stuff that we've been told all of our lives is somewhere out in our future. 
we've showed you in the last two segments, especially with this timeline, that the seven years of tribulation is not in your future. Mm -mm. It is in your past, as far as the biblical uh, eschatological views of the book of Daniel and what most prophecy teachers preach uh, and hang it on is Daniel's prophecies. And we showed in the last uh, two segments, especially this timeline, mm -hmm. of how that is uh, the appointed time of the end. And it certainly came. And it certainly came. Did and not, did not tear. Did not prove false and did not and it, it did was not no delay, did not tear. And so my question is, how does this harmonize now with the New Testament? Because what happens is, is that these men didn't have a New Testament yet. They preached from the Law and the Prophets, so they understood these things from what the Law and the Prophets said. And even Jesus, on the road to Emmaus, told them all things concerning himself from the Law and the Prophets. So these and were their hearts burned within, within them. them. So how does this now fit with a lot of the scriptures that are in our New Testament? And the answer, Lynn, is perfectly. Perfectly. <laughs> Divine perfection, once again. God does everything with, with a plan, purpose, a time frame, and mathematical precision. So we get to the New Testament and its total harmony with what Daniel was laying out here in his two specific time prophecies of Daniel's 70 weeks of years and Daniel's time of the end. Mm -hmm. In perfect coming uh, of the Messiah and messianic uh, authentication and the time uh, Habakkuk's appointed time of the end. Mm -hmm. And so we come to the New Testament and we come to Jesus in his earthly ministry and he makes emphatic time statements mm -hmm. throughout his earthly ministry. Yep. For example, here's a few of them. Okay. Matthew 10, 23, while uh, talking with his disciples, Jesus promised, when you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. I tell you the truth. There it is. Oath language again. I tell you the truth. Yeah. Or verily, verily. Mm -hmm. uh, you will not finish going through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Now, now, now let's see, let's see. I used to read over that stuff and think, what's he saying here? But it's so clear. You will not have finished going through this the is, cities of here, Israel. Here, here's when he's talking. Yeah. Here's when it would happen. Yeah. In perfect harmony yeah. with perfect what Daniel. Harmony. We've got to that. consider that, that Jesus said that. Not us. Jesus said, right, you will not have Right there. Yeah. Matthew 16, 27, he informed his disciples, for the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. I tell you the truth. There it is again. Some who are standing here. He's preaching that then. Yep. Will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. There's no way around that, John. There's no way around it. Matthew 26, 64, quoting from the prophet Daniel. Mm -hmm. Jesus responded to and forewarned Caiaphas, the high priest of the Sanhedrin, saying, In the future, you... Who is you? Caiaphas. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Yep. Lynn, do you know how many times deity has come on the clouds of heaven? It's all through the scripture when you think yes. of prophetic language. Yes. There are many uses yeah. and fulfillment. God in the Old Testament, God the Father was known as a cloud coming yeah. God. Yeah. We'll get to some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to jump in there, but we'll, go we'll ahead. Get, we'll get to some yeah, of that. Yeah, we'll, I mean, this is yeah. not a new thing. Yeah, it's just this, this people's a... paradigm is like, okay, we're talking about Hollywood stuff where he's riding a horse out on a cloud rather than the prophetic 
uh, the prophetic language that's shared. Yeah, God coming on the clouds has it's, happened many times yeah. in the Old Testament. It was not a force associated of the with, mind. with the day of the Lord in judgment yeah. against Israel, against Edom, against Egypt, against uh, you know other people. Yeah, Jesus is using that same language here to come against Jerusalem. Yeah, and yeah. the power of the holy people will be finally broken, as Daniel said, will be the defining characteristic in the historical setting of the one and only appointed time of the end. Yeah, perfect. Yep, harmony. Uh, Matthew 23 or 24. 327 and so forth. Jesus divinely linked the time of his coming to the destruction of the temple. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? I.e., not one stone being left on another. Mm -hmm. What will be the sign of your parousia mm -hmm. or coming? Mm -hmm. And notice that that parousia or coming needed a sign. That should tell us something very important about the nature of this type of coming. And we'll be talking about that more in a future program. Mm -hmm. And the end of the age not end of the world. Mm -hmm. that, that word is aeon well, in the Greek. Well, people for a long time. End of the age. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. At that time, this is verse 30, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. Not the body or face or arm or elbow or knee or leg. But the sign. The sign will appear. Big difference. And all nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky. Again, this has happened mm -hmm. several times before in the Old Testament. With power and great glory, I tell you the truth. This is Matthew 24, 34. This generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Again, C.S. Lewis calls that the most embarrassing verse in the Bible and an expression of error. Because he thinks it didn't happen. Because he thinks it didn't and happen. And we submit it did happen. And that the time of the end of the age, or Matthew 24 calls it the end of the world, which is the Greek word eon, is not the end of this age. It's the end of the age of the law and the Jewish age. Yes. And Lynn, for centuries theologians have tried everything imaginable to get around that. Mm -hmm. And to come up with, uh, you know, all these, because of these embarrassing time-restrictive type statements. And yet these words that Jesus said are plain, simple, understandable words said to people who did not have any high-level education. In fact, they were uneducated type people. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the liberals and the skeptics used this as the focal point of, of their attack on the yep. Bible and the deity of Christ. And in the last 50 to 75, maybe 100 years here in America, we have lost over half of the church to the liberal skeptic attack on the deity of Jesus in the Bible in terms of denominations, in terms of uh, seminaries, in terms of churches, in terms of some of the youngest and best minds in Christianity have departed from the conservative faith because of this. This is, this is the crack that let the liberals in the door to begin their systematic dismantling uh, of the uh, authority of Scripture. And even like I said, I read in one of our popular magazines, I believe it's Newsweek, I'm not absolutely positive, I'd have to look that up, that said that because these Jesus, Paul, Peter, and John, who all declared that they were living in the last time. John said, we know it is the last time. We're not guessing. We know it is the last time because Antichrist is already on the scene. And then uh, the Apostle Paul would say uh, in Hebrews 1, God hath passed tense in these last days spoken to us by Son. So he sets the time that the Son spoke as being these last times. And right. then Peter would say in Acts chapter 2, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel that in the last days. And then Jesus would say in Matthew 24, this generation will not pass till all these things have been fulfilled. And the right. liberals say that since it did not happen, 
then the scripture is not valid. They challenge his deity and the authority of the scripture. If these, because if they're wrong about that, what else are they wrong about? What we're suggesting is they were not wrong. It happened exactly like they said it. Precisely. Was, precisely like they did. Uh, the rest of them are putting a gap theory and saying it did not happen. There's delay. There's all these other things. But Jesus is continuing to set the time text himself, not just one place, but several times. When you just read in Matthew, mm-hmm. you will not have finished going through the city of Jerusalem. Verily I say to you, this generation, and on and on it goes. Go ahead. I'll take it back out. You know. now, now, scholars basically agree. That the, that the early church, the New Testament writers, all expected these things to happen, mm-hmm. at, you know, at that time, mm-hmm. and that they understood Jesus's words in a plain, you know, common, ordinary way because mm-hmm. they're not they're not complicated words, and they were given the Holy Spirit, John sixteen thirteen, to guide them into all truth mm-hmm. and show them the things that were to come. So who messed up? Yeah. Did the Holy Spirit do an inadequate job of conveying all truth to them, or did they do an inadequate job of being able to understand him? If either one of those two scenarios are are correct then how in the world could we expect them to convey other aspects of the faith along to us accurately? Such mm-hmm. as, maybe they're wrong about their requirements to mm-hmm. salvation. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this is yeah, usually, I, I, now, now this is not lost on the liberals and the skeptics. Yep. And, and conservative evangelicals have never had an effective and, and efficient response to that other than say, well, one of these days, Jesus is going to come back and, and, and finish the job, mm-hmm. which just proves the, the liberal skeptic's point that this was all time restricted. Yeah. You can't insert a 1,900-year gap in counting yeah. and interruption and delay. Yeah. You can't do that. Hmm. They hold our feet to the fire. Yeah. Okay. So, there's another factor that proves that, that their understanding back in the first century of Jesus' words was correct. And that is, the, as Jesus' Jesus's 40-year period of verily, verily, I tell you that this generation will not pass away till all these things have happened. He said that in A.D. 30, mm-hmm. the week before or the week of his crucifixion. That's when he said, mm-hmm. verily, verily, I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass away till all these things have happened. Mm-hmm. Now, as this 40-year period from A.D. 30 to A.D. 70 wound down, we find that the language of the New Testament writers ratcheted it up. Mm-hmm. I call it the intensification of nearness language, mm-hmm. which again demonstrates that that's how they understood this. Mm-hmm. And again, they were guided into all truth by the Holy Spirit. So let me just say this before you move on with the, how they ratcheted it up, because there's, this is where there's a lot of disagreement. This generation will pass. And what you know, uh, you know, some of our critics would say, is no, that's the generation. We'll get to that okay. in our All next right, well, program. I'll leave that be, but we'll I, just wanted, yes. I just wanted to say that there was a 40-year, just like Jesus said, this generation, mm. he was talking to people alive and well right then uh, that would, from 30 A.D. to 70 A.D. was a generation. And again, C.S. Lewis calls it the most embarrassing verse in the Bible, yep. an exhibition of error no. on Jesus' standpoint. Yeah. And the liberals and the skeptics agree with that. Yeah. All right. So they start AD, rationing up. They start rationing up the uh, AD thirty. Yeah. We're now going to fast forward to AD forty nine. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is nineteen years later when the first epistles start to be written. Okay. So I'm going to use you know so so I'll use the dates, but then I'm going to also use a you know like a blasting off of a rocket ten yep. nine yep. eight seven six five four three two one. Start the countdown. So, so we'll use a T minus okay. you know to how many years are left. So okay. So here we are in Galatians four four. So this is this is AD forty nine. T minus 21 years until Jesus' 40-year time frame is up. And Paul says this. 
He said, the fullness of time was come. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. The fullness of what time was come? And if back then was the fullness of time, does time, Lynn, ever get any more full than the fullness? Mm -mm. No. All right. 57 AD, T minus 13 years. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians uh, 7.29, time is short. Ooh. We're hearing, we're hearing that a lot nowadays, oh, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we've been hearing that a lot for a number of centuries. About 2,000 years. But he said that back then. Yeah. Time is short. What time was short back then? Two verses later, he tells us, the world in its present form is passing away. Mm -hmm. That is Daniel's uh, defining characteristic and historical setting for the one and only appointed time of the end. Mm -hmm. When the power of the holy people is abolished, mm -hmm. all these things will be accomplished. And the world that was passing off the scene was not a global situation, but it was the covenantal Old Testament animal Judaism. sacrifice yeah. blood temple system mm -hmm. that had been made obsolete here in 30 AD mm -hmm. and would be removed. Yep. This is also what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 21 when mm -hmm. he said, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you yep. and given to it. That, that, that old temple blood sacrifice system was the form of the kingdom of God on earth during the old yep. covenant. The yep. kingdom is where the king is in dominion. Yeah. It's his will, reign, and rule. That was his will, reign, and rule. But it was a type and a shadow, and the anti-type is the new, is in process of coming in here. Yep. And the, for the new to come, to fully come, the old had to be fully removed. Yep. That's the appointed time of the end. Mm -hmm. So the appointed time of the end, to fast forward just for a moment, is covenantal, not cosmic. Mm -hmm. Even though cosmic kind of language is used to describe it mm -hmm. because of the importance and significance. Okay, so T minus, T minus uh, 12 years now, uh, the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 13, 11, you'll like this. It says, understand the present time, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is over and the day is almost here. Some of, of, of uh, Paul and some of these Romans first believed 20 or to 30 some years ago. Mm -hmm. But now it's 58 AD and there's only 12 years left until Jesus' 40-year time period was completed and the temple is destroyed in A.D. 70. Mm -hmm. And he said, the time, so, 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 so this is less yeah. than this. Yeah. So the redemption is drawing nigh. Yeah. Not some future. Let, let, let me read this again. Yeah. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believe. Interesting, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Interesting. All right. T minus 12. Paul writes again in Romans, the God of peace will soon or shortly crush Satan under your feet. T minus 7, 60 AD, James writes, be patient, stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Or King James says, at hand. I like at hand better because mm -hmm. that's what at hand means. Yep. At hand means yep. graspable, seasonable. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, th th that background over there is near, but I can't reach it's, it. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. At hand's a more graphic That's, illustration. Yeah. So he says, says uh, be patient, stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near, at hand. The judge is standing at the door. James 5, 8 through 9. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 33, uh, when you see all these things, you know he is near right at the door. Mm -hmm. Now, James puts Judge Jesus at the door. Mm -hmm. T minus 10. T minus 10 years. T minus 5. 
We're now at 65 AD. The writer of Hebrews wrote, as you were quoting, mm -hmm. in these last days, God has spoken to us by his son. Mm -hmm. This is when the writer of Hebrews is writing here, 65, mm -hmm. 67, yeah. 66 AD, mm -hmm. in that range. And this is back when he spoke to us. Yeah. These are the last days, yeah. according to the inspired writer of Hebrews, yeah. two events, when God's son spoke to us and the time he is writing him. T minus five, also in Hebrews, Hebrews 10.37, the writer writes, in, and we've already talked about this a little bit, in just a very, very little while, he who is coming will come mm -hmm. and will not delay. Again, that word in the Greek is in there twice. Very, very double intensification of nearness. Uh, T minus three to five years. Peter writes, the end of all things is at hand. Again, at yeah. hand? Yeah. It's, it's with, yeah. The end of all things. At, Peter, what in the world are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Ten verses later, he tells us, For it is time for judgment to begin at the house of God. The defining characteristic and historical setting that Daniel specified would be the, the, the nature of the time of the end. Mm -hmm. And it was about to start at the house of God, the temple. The that, that, that's what it's all about. In perfect harmony and fulfillment mm -hmm. with Daniel and with the back at the appointed time mm -hmm. of the end. T minus two to three years. John writes in 1 John 2.18, two times in one verse. It is the last hour. This is how we know it is the last hour. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Lynn, time out. Didn't Jesus, during his earthly ministry, tell us that no man could know the day or hour, mm -hmm. not even the angels. In fact, even he didn't know the day or hour. Mm -hmm. And John, 37 years later, is saying, is not saying, well, it might be, it could be, mm -hmm. one of these days it will be. Mm -hmm. No, he's, he be, he's being emphatic. He's saying, it is the last hour. Mm -hmm. This is how we know, it is the last hour. Mm -hmm. How in the world, it, how, how in the world could Jesus say no man knows, and, jo and John's a man, yeah, and he knows it's the last hour, and that word hour is hora. Mm -hmm. That's the same, when, when Jesus said not day or hour, that's, mm -hmm. he was using hora. Mm -hmm. and, well, he wasn't using Greek, but that's where the Greek is mm -hmm. in there. What happened? What happened was the Holy Spirit was given yeah. between those two at yeah. Pentecost. Yeah. And the Holy, one of those purposes for the Holy Spirit, John 16, 13, was to guide him into all truth and tell him the things that were to come. Yeah. So obviously... It told John what was to come. Hello. So here we are. All right. So what we have here, Lynn, is perfect harmony and understanding with Daniel's prophecy, with, with Jesus' words and statements about, about the coming of the appointed time of the end and his coming and ending of the old system and perfect harmony with the time and nature of all that, with the intensification of nearness language, uh, affirming that that's how they understood it, guided by the Holy Spirit. So, my question to you now would be, are we talking about the second coming? Are we talking about the return of Christ? Mm -hmm. Or are we talking about something entirely different than that? As happening here mm -hmm. at the appointed time of the end. Now, amillennialists say that this was a coming of Jesus, mm -hmm. but not the coming. Mm 
Mm -hmm. Post-millennials say the same thing. This was a coming of Jesus, but not the coming. Mm -hmm. R.C. Sproul says it was a parousia, but not the parousia. Dispensational pre-millennials say this is nothing. They don't even recognize this as any kind of anything. And preterists say this was the second coming. Mm -hmm. Who's right? I want to profess to you, and this be a good time to transition to our next program, none of them are right. Mm -hmm. None of them. Yeah. So we'll pick up there. Now that's going to be, you don't want to miss it. I'm telling you, it's, and, and uh, I, I know where he's headed a little bit with this, and uh, you don't want to miss this. But to me, it is an absolute, I mean, to me, this is more solid than anything I was taught. Let, let, let me just say that, you know, many of you who are listening have probably only ever heard one view, the futuristic dispensational view, did not even know that there were several views of end-time eschatology. Before I started seeing any of this, I just searched in the scripture and just come across things that would make me ask questions like, this generation won't pass. You will not have finished going through the cities of Jerusalem until the Son of Man become. And I would ask people, uh, what, what, what does this mean? And nobody was able to give me an answer. And unless it would be just, you know, like they just didn't want to put you off, didn't, didn't want to answer. We've got to answer these questions. And uh, I think that what, what, when you see the preciseness of how exactly it fits the dates, it brings me great joy to think that the last days of the biblical last days are not in our future. They are in our past. That all of this hell on earth that people are prophesying mm -hmm. that's coming is not in our future. They are in our past. Now, I do believe there's some very real problems that are going on in the world, but the church is the answer, and the kingdom is the answer to those problems. And if we could wake them up to not evacuate, but to exercise the dominion mandate and to yes. preach the gospel, I believe the world could be changed. We're running out of time. I really want you to tune in next week as we continue this conversation. You don't want to miss it, and uh, you'll be blessed. Now, take a moment and call that number on the screen and uh, get behind what we're doing. As you can tell, we are sharing something that's a little bit different. If you appreciate what we're doing, we need your help to continue to do this, and we appreciate your uh, encouraging cards, letters, and your Facebook hits when you write to us on my public profile page on my Facebook that you're listening. It's encouraged us to continue to have the guts to step out into these uncharted waters and share some things that are a little bit different. Thank you for joining us. God bless you. Till next week. For anyone struggling to understand John's writings in Revelation, this book provides true, biblically-based answers. Through detailed insights into the letters John wrote to the seven churches of his day, you will learn how to avoid the mistakes of the early church to overcome today's trials and tribulations. This book will provoke you to thought and dialogue, bringing greater clarity and revelation of Jesus Christ. 